I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the files of the AYR, yowiehunters.com. It was April of 1999, and I was contacted by a freelance journalist by the name of Arthur Gray. Mr. Gray, also a former amateur athlete from Sydney, was writing an article on the Yowie. He politely asked if it was possible to join me for a night in the Blue Mountains to build his subject knowledge on the topic. We met at 4.30pm at the end of Winborne Road, Hazelbrook where I was having most of my interactions with the Yowie many called Fatfoot at the time. There was enough daylight to show Mr Grey where I sit and what to expect come dusk. Mr Fatfoot had recently been in the neighbourhood. The slab that was pulled from this tree was solid and required a lot of force to be torn down. Then it was Arthur who found some fresh prints. It wasn't long into the night until we could hear some noises creeping around in the dark. He's waiting, he's waiting. And of course, you know, we're all aware that when that would have started, he'd come up and he was probably three quarters to the top. I would presume he'd probably pick up and uh, the vehicle being there and he'd got... The idea with Fatfoot was to let him know you're there. It was almost a thrill for him, as if he was walking around bored most of the time and enjoyed the human interaction. According to my journal, when we found the wet footprint, there was a foul, pungent, strong odour in the air with some movement in the bush. After dark, we believed there were two milling around behind us. We walked down towards the area when we were suddenly charged. A chain of events ensued. In the journal, it states, we heard one call to the other at one stage, and then I used my torch beam to repel one that was too close. From what I read in the journal, there was a lot of running about in the dark, and it all seemed quite dramatic. This is why I keep journals. To be honest, I'd forgotten about half of this. Mr Gray was a professional, always inquisitive, and a true gentleman. On September 5, 2012, Mr Gray's son contacted me to say they were both putting together some files for his memoirs, and would like a copy of the article he wrote, titled, Night of the Yowie. Shortly after, Mr. Gray passed away. This is the recollection of the night in April 1999, as remembered by Arthur Gray. Around about 8 o'clock at night, I think it was a Friday night, it was moonlit, very dark, clear, and uh, so we sat down and uh, on this rocky ledge, a semicircular rocky ledge, we just waited and waited. There's a few dogs barking in the houses nearby, 
trains were rumbling past. We were there about three hours, I suppose, and I got a bit fidgety. And because I smoke, I thought, oh, Dean had already said don't smoke, by the way. Five or ten minutes later, we heard the first one come up from a 45-degree uh, angle. It started to approach heavy, thumping footsteps. This is while you're on the cliff? We were still up in the rocky ledge, yeah. yes, and reasonably safe, we thought, at the drop of about ten feet down. And they were down through the bushes there. It was all bush. Swamp, I think, down the bottom. So this one started, and Dini had already told me that they approached from 45 degrees, and this one certainly did. So he came up from the left, and he thumped up, and then he stopped. He came forward again, stopped again, and probably thought better of it, and sort of retreated. Five or ten minutes later, the second one came up from directly ahead of us, which was unusual, according to Dean, and did the same thing, stopped, stomped, stomped its feet very heavily. Uh, I think just the right foot, bang, 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 what I call stomping, like an elephant, quite noisy. That one also did the same thing, it came as far as maybe 20 metres from us, stopped and maybe gone back, I don't know, we didn't see it. Then the third one appeared at 45 degrees on the right hand side and it started to come up and Dean said, here we go, he thought this was the one and it came up and it came closer. And I suppose it stopped about 20 yards, 20 metres from us. And Dean had, a, had his camera uh, facing. And I think the light, what light there was, reflected off that camera, off the front of the, 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 the glass, and scared the, the Yari away. He didn't get any closer anyway. So, three hours, four hours, we waited around again, and we thought, no, we'll get back to the car and take our equipment with them. So we went back to the car, which was parked just up the road, and uh, packed everything into the back. Then Dean had a sudden idea. He thought, no, let's, let's go on, knowing him. He's very enthusiastic. So I think we took the camera out only, and I think we took the torches. No, we didn't take the camera. We didn't take... We may have taken the camera. Anyway, so down we went, and um, there was a path leading down a slope, and there was an intersection to the left and we stopped there for a minute and suddenly in front of us out of a there was a tree bushes were high this thing suddenly appeared growling making a hell of a noise its eyes were, uh, was, were glaring red and we had the torches and I put my torch on his eyes Dean had a more powerful torch he said, keep it on his eyes, he said. So we kept on saying, it just came up like that, maybe about eight feet tall, and maybe in mid-standing on something behind, we don't know. But it was certainly, uh, certainly eight feet that. We saw the head, part of the shoulders. Now, can I stop it? Sorry. How clear is the image you're looking at? Very, very clear. Sort of a um, dark face, rather apish, I suppose. Long, dark hair, but the eyes were really... It was really aggressive, and it sort of exploded out and defiant and as though you shouldn't be here. In any case, I half-turned at the time, and I was scared, but I half-turned but didn't retreat, and Dean said quickly, he said, keep the, keep the torches on his eyes. So we did, and it disappeared then. When you say disappeared, it moved backwards? It moved backwards, apparently moved backwards, just, just vanished again. But with no sound? 
uh, had been growling. But you didn't hear any footsteps crashing? None at all. Do you None find that all. odd in retrospective yes, that yes. there's such a large animal can go like yeah, that? Yeah, too, yeah. And, and subsequent events will prove that too. Um, so, having done that, uh, Dean was still enthusiastic about what was going on. So, turned down a little path, which is like a cul-de-sac or a blind corner. And he said, he said I've already reconnoitred recon- this. He said, uh, there's been a yari here, and I went down too, and there's this fetid, rotten egg smell. He said, yes, that's typical of them. He said, it really is bad, so we'll let, we, <laughs> we didn't go down. We came, he came back up the path. We stood at the intersection. Just before that, by the way, to when we, when we saw that yari, just before the yari, he said, music attracts him. And I'd forgotten about that. So we started whistling, and I think that brought them forward. That brought that one out anyway. We just whistled waltzing Matilda, what have you, and uh, out it came. So in any case, we went down the path again, still looking for them, and turned left, and we heard one thumping away. So Dean, in his enthusiasm, and I think he still had the camera with him, he started chasing into what looked like thick bush, there's perhaps swamp behind it and a lot of trees. And he said, there he is, there he goes. <laughs> he started running and it was... <laughs> this thing seemed to flit between trees and it wasn't apparent... Oh, it was still dark, remember. It wasn't apparent between the trees. But look, so it hid behind one tree and suddenly it was behind another tree, if you know what I mean. They're faster than Olympic sprinters, these things. I, I know, I couldn't see it, but he, he apparently said, well, that's it. Then another one appeared in the same area and it started stomping and the third one appeared so there were three of them in line and we were down the path and really could have been trapped Dean was still enthusiastic about finding this one but he never did it, just, it was just too fast for him so we're standing there wondering whether they're going to ambush us and they were stomping away it's sort of a rhythmic stomping and uh, Dean said I think they're communicating and I think they were too. I think that's the way they do communicate. In any case, it was too dangerous by that time. Were you frightened? Uh, I was a little scared at that time. Having seen that one out of the trees, I wasn't terribly scared. I thought, well, if we dealt with that one, we could deal with these ones. But uh, Dean said, no, let's, let's pack it in. He said, because we could be ambushed. So we went back up the track slowly, hoping they wouldn't come out, and turned right again and up towards the car. So we saw, we heard three, saw one, and heard another three. Mm. But this stomping got us. It was unlike anything I've ever heard. And it's obviously an animal. Mm. And it's not two feet, it's just the one feet as far as I can Are You mentioned some other noise it was making as well when I was talking to you on the phone, some sort of... Any other vocalisation? From the one we saw? Yeah. Just a growl. A low growl. Like a dog? Uh, more like a... More like a, a, a line, maybe. Uh, quite gruff. Intelligent-looking eyes? Uh, very much so, yes. And you yes. said they glowed, the eyes? They glowed red. Whether they glowed red in because we were putting the torches on them, I don't know whether, in mm. fact, there might have been yellow eyes. As you know, the reflection from a light can turn yeah. your eyes red. But they cer- he certainly had red eyes. A bit more of a description. I mean, did it, could you notice the colour of the hair or the eyes? The hair was very dark. The teeth were showing, or the fangs were showing. Did it have any large canines? It seemed to have. Uh, it seemed to have, yes. Um, 
And that, what's the shape of the head? How do you describe the shape of the head? Very much like an ape's, mm. and maybe a little rounder than an ape's, mm-hmm. waiting for... The dog started yowling, not barking, mm. but yowling, mm. from houses that were about, to, I would say, half a mile away. And uh, he said, this is a sign, he said, they seem to sense it. You can read the article by Mr Gray in our historical article section of the AYR website. Thanks for watching.